gonna be okay. What? What? I should go. We should... We shouldn't do this. N not tonight. Excuse me? You're upset because of Terry. This has got nothing to do with Terry. <laughs> I can't believe this. None of this would have happened if you'd have let me leave Rick behind at the dot. I'm not the one who told her to go off with him. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to All About Degrassi, the show that is also a stealth parody of a John Hughes movie. That was good. Uh, you, you were worried about it. Uh, I thought that was fine. It wasn't great. Why don't you believe in yourself? Uh, just, I, I know the I could do better. I think it's fine, Evan. I think you are too hard on yourself. Thank you, Nick. I'm Thank Nick. you. I'm Evan. So I, uh, good rich. <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> uh... And today we are talking about uh, two episodes from season three. These are definitely two episodes, aren't they? <laughs> They're the most episodes <laughs> of Degrassi. How did we feel? Um, no, these are good episodes. They're pretty good. This is a this is a solid couple episodes. I don't think we've had a a group of episodes this good. I know wow. we're we're kind of on a hot streak. If you remove the whole holiday episode, but you know what? I'm mm -hmm. gonna consider that like a TV movie. You know, if this was Britain, that would be like. Not it, that would be its own series. Yeah, I mean it had the feel of a Hallmark movie. So yes, yeah. not a good one. So this is this is yeah. All of the ones that are actually episodes and the Christmas one does not count mm -hmm. are very good. Yeah. Yeah, season three. We're full throttle now. My and hot take is okay, well let's say what the first episode is first, because I, I have opinions about it right off the bat. Alright, well let's just dive on in. So first we're starting off with season three, episode sixteen, Take on Me. Named after the song by, of course, Aha. It is classic. I love it. You have thoughts, though. Oh, about the song? About this? No, about this Well, I do have thoughts about the song. It's a go-to go karaoke song of mine. <laughs> is it? Yeah? You hit those notes? It's really easy. It's, do, it's right in my head. Do range. it right now. <clears throat> I've been smoking a lot of weed, Evan. <laughs> oh my god! I did a little reverb on the mic. Oh so shit! Sorry. No, you did. Oh wow! I <laughs> thought you were bluffing. No, I can do it. Oh. <laughs> okay. All right. Was that really? Was that really annoying? Was that loud? <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll find out when this. I'm goes Catholic. Up. I'm not allowed to sing like that. <laughs> Be more let's somber. Yeah. God. So let's continue. I, I'm that's, only that's allowed to do Gregorian chants. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> let's continue I, because I do have thoughts about this episode. I I, I mostly want to talk about it metatextually. I feel like this is probably a lot of people. This is probably on a lot of people's like top ten list of episodes. Yes. And I wouldn't put it quite that high. I wouldn't... Well, okay, so I wouldn't either. I really enjoyed this episode. It's good. It's really good. I don't... I mean, obviously, so... For those of you who don't know, this episode is an obvious homage to The Breakfast Club. Yes, a very clear homage. There's very... It's not... It's not a ripoff. They didn't think they were getting away with it. Right, but no, it is a, it is a paying tribute. Yes, right. I would say so. and, um, Which I think is really fun. 
And it's as far as tributes go, like, I think it works. Um, yeah, and you know, I think, as we were talking about, I think this season is doing a really good job of checking off some of the high school TV show tropes. We had our driver's ed, we've had, we've had a bunch of stuff that we need, prank wars. Prank and wars. now we have the inevitable Breakfast Club parody. Do you like The Breakfast it, Club? It, it, I, have you I, seen this movie? It's called The Breakfast Club? I, I, I've seen it once. I've heard of it. <laughs> heard of it. Uh, no, I've seen it. Uh, I have not watched it in probably a decade at probably least. Probably same, yeah. Yeah, I meant to watch it before recording this episode, actually, but I, I didn't. I watched clips, though. I remember liking it. I think the last time I watched a whole John Hughes movie, it was Pretty in Pink, which holds up, uh, except for some of the racist stuff and some of the... Uh, well. <laughs> Some of the uh, gender politics and some of the uh, sexual assault stuff. But other than that, it holds up really well. (laughs) Other than all that. um, But hey, same for Degrassi. (laughs) No, I like The Breakfast Club. I will say, um, I feel like this episode, again, I think it's a really, it's you know, it's obviously it knows what it's doing. It's a self-aware homage, but like, and I think it's a really fun homage, but like, it is also still like, this is, you know, it's doing the breakfast club it's not doing degrassi it's degrassi does the breakfast and obviously it has it follows the general arc of that movie i would say yeah. with obviously i mean eventually elements that are strictly degrassi canon enter at some point yes yes of um course. like the fact that it's in canon that that's important <laughs> um Right well, away, I like it because Radich has shaved his beard to look more like the man from Breakfast Club. Well, and he's also man. literally wearing the out- or an outfit similar to the oh, one. Oh, it's that's the same? Th- that's fine. The it's, kind it's, of gray sim- it's similar. Or, it yeah. is similar. It's not the same, but it's very similar. It's obviously like he's doing the vice principal cosplay, yeah. basically. <laughs> um, and I feel like, you know, it's... it's what was I going to say? I don't know. It's, it's, it's good. It's a good episode. It's a good episode. I think... I think my issue is it's not my favorite Breakfast Club parody. What is your favorite Breakfast Club parody? I think it would probably be the scene from Not Another Teen Movie. <laughs> is is that like the the scary movie guys? <laughs> it's some of the writers of Scary Movie, and I think it is better than Scary Movie. I think really it's yes. I think of the movies with movie in the title, Not Another Teen Movie is the best of the movies. Really? I mean, it doesn't have an Anna Faris performance, so sure, it doesn't have that going. Who is, for it. Who's in it? Chris Evans. <laughs> oh. Uh, Sam Levine. Oh. Um. Others. Uh, others? Uh, that guy who was on Community Season 1 with the little nipples. Do you remember him? No, I've never seen Community. Community's quite good. Um, I, I, I wonder if they did a Breakfast Club parody. Now I'm thinking of it. I, that feels like something they would do. They must have. I, so I would like to... So for this episode, I didn't really do like a strict play-by-play like we normally do of like the synopsis of the episodes because it is very it is kind of a lot of it is uh the same beats of the breakfast club i also took very few notes i just kind of it was washing over me in such a way (laughs) i took notes i just like they're less like i'm i'm less interested in sort of following like the characters like again like a play-by-play because it's like well then let's talk about it in the bigger sense of like how do we think that the and it is the same it's five kids which i like yeah so i want to so i have them listed so jimmy is of course um the athlete so this. that's gonna be emilio estevez, emilio estevez. Okay. and sean is judd nelson's criminal yes of course uh hazel is molly ringwald's princess yes ali sheedy is ali yes ali basket sheedy. case uh, and toby is of course anthony michael hall's brain now it's so interesting that we bring up anthony michael hall because what a good actor that is 
He's great. Anthony Michael Hall? In The Breakfast Club. Yeah, he's great. Yeah. And then, you know, I just feel like if oh, you're, oh, play, oh, if you're yeah. playing you're a nerd... Toby is not... <laughs> I didn't say that. <laughs> you're implying it. Exactly. I'm just saying if you're playing a nerd, it helps if you're a really good actor. <laughs> he's very... I was watch. I, you know, I did watch... Um, a few clips from the breakfast club and i watched him sort of like talking about when they talk about like the the clubs mm. and he's talking about like physics club and he's like tripping over his words and it's just he's so great he's so good in this movie yeah, i mean like <laughs> like his like stuttering is just like perfect um what are some other breakfast club parallels that we see right away well so we have the uh well it's the saturday attention i guess i guess right we should so, say okay that. so <laughs> and i like that they set up this detention for some of the kids but like this, this is planted in earlier episodes this is like marvel civil war <laughs> this is an event this is an end game it's a crossover events for the ages there's a big splash page where they're playing hockey in the, in the gap in the crossover event of degrassi history no so okay so like in previous episodes um i think in the last episode or one of the last episodes uh jimmy and toby got in trouble because toby tried to change jimmy's grade mm-hmm. and so they are both... i only ever experienced that in the aforementioned degrassi minis <laughs> right uh, yeah as previously discussed yes <laughs> and so they're both here in detention uh sean is in detention for telling principal radish to go to hell when the whole emma when they were searching the car yes yes, yes. exactly uh so the only two that like aren't haven't been previously explained are ellie and hazel and those get explained within this episode yes yes okay so that makes sense so so yeah so again these five kids none of these kids hang out usually outside of this episode like these are not characters that are generally seen together so you know you're putting it's it's a breakfast club setup right yeah and um we also have so one of the first images in the episode is uh the ceiling panel falls down on Ellie's back. Yes, because when Bender, the criminal... Oh, uh, not the robot? J- J- Judd Nelson. No, the other the other Bender. Uh, what podcast uh, am I on? What's happening? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is a crossover event. Wow. Yeah, wow. No, I, wow. my worlds are colliding. <laughs> You're two, the two personality traits you have. Degrassi lover and Futurama lover. That's it. That's all I am uh, <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> so, no, there's a point where uh, Judd Nelson's character, he's like, because he gets trapped in the locker, or he gets put in the locker, right. and he escapes the locker, and he's climbing through the ceiling vents. Well, it, he's in the... the uh, broom closet right yeah i think it's a locker no it's because it's it when the closet? when the principal puts him in there yeah it's like a locker situation I, I, it says locker and i was also skimming the wikipedia synopsis. i think i think maybe it's a broom closet that makes more sense that makes like a custodian closet that makes way more sense and then well, he crawls out through the ceiling yeah he like goes into like a, an air an air vent and he's climbing to the ceiling and then he falls through the library through one of the ceiling panels mm. which in degrassi this episode uh uh, Sean is like hitting a ball and then like a ceiling panel just falls because he hits the ball too hard. Well, or he throws it up. Yeah. Don't you see? He yeah. throws it at the wall and just to sort of be defiant, he throws it up at the ceiling. Yeah. And then it like makes a ceiling panel fall, which honestly, this school needs better funded <laughs> construction, apparently. <laughs> and then they do a very elaborate like stacking on top of each other and standing on a uh, 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 lunch table yeah. in order to put the panel back in so they don't get caught. But then they all fall on top of each other. And I think they would have been really injured. They fell from quite high. <laughs> it, was, yeah, it wasn't that high. Toby was like 10 feet up there. Oh, he's fine. It's, it's you know, 14 year olds are really We've got to protect his brain. He's inventing the internet. <laughs> <laughs> um, so where, uh, oh yeah, uh, where were we going here? Is this where they go to the, uh, they have to have a bathroom pass. 
I'm yes. A- oh, right. And and Radich is in the so gym. Yeah, he's and he's doing um like a little gym workout routine with like a medicine ball of some well not a medicine ball it's, it's like a, a Swiss, a Swiss ball. ball yeah which just a, seems like a yoga ball to me yeah it's a yoga ball right and uh, but I guess I don't know is Swiss ball like maybe a that's what they call it I don't maybe know maybe it's a Canadian thing can we get that bumper in here real quick no okay <laughs> only because I'm pretty sure okay I want hey we're all about accountability here at All Aboot Degrassi. I implied that a clubhouse sandwich was something that Canadians say, and I did see on a menu on Grubhub the other day a clubhouse sandwich. Oh, really? And that restaurant was not all the way in Canada, so I guess I guess the, that's just something that people call it. Well, I'm glad we're taking accountability. I'm a, hey, I'm honest. So even though there should probably be a most Canadian moment bumper here, we're not going to insert it because we're one over. <laughs> Let's continue. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so there's this uh, montage sequence of uh, Principal Radich's workout routine, and he's doing a lot of really good core work mm-hmm. for him. Yeah, yeah. And he's got his tummy out. Very brave yeah. for a man in his, what, 40s? On Canadian national 40s, television? 50s? Is he 50s? I could be early 50s. I guess he was Spike's teacher. So yeah, maybe he's Wait, was 50s. he in the previous He's in the iteration. old ones. Oh, yeah. I, wow, I need to... I think you've had this revelation once on the I podcast feel like already. I have. I feel like, I feel like I'm getting deja vu moments right now. Um, so yeah. And, and, and it, he's dancing to pretty girl. Pretty, pretty girl. girl. Look good on you. <laughs> it's a fun moment. It's pretty funny. It and then funny. Hazel walks in and sees it. Yeah. And he's like, I can explain. I don't understand why the only bathroom she can use is in, in the, the gym. The locker room. Yeah. Why is she going to go that far away? Maybe, I don't know, benefit of the doubt, maybe she needs something from her locker, you know, I don't, I don't know what's going on, but I, I, I have a bigger thought. Mm-hmm. I have never ran a detention, but I have done study hall on the weekends and you're not allowed to just leave seven kids alone in the library. No, there's always a, a, a teacher present. In but, fact, yeah. yeah, in fact, I don't think it's appropriate for there only to be one adult in the school with with five kids yeah i think there should be at least two yeah plot hole breakfast club <laughs> some classic you are yeah <laughs> way to aim for verisimilitude geez uh yeah, this, this is bullshit and then i have some bigger questions like how often is he coming back to check on them because they managed to have a whole hockey game where like toby has taped lunch trays to his arms to create a goalie outfit <laughs> how long did that take <laughs> That seems like it would take a while. Ten minutes. And how many rounds of uh, cafeteria hockey are we getting in (laughs) in between Radich coming to check on you? And then he separates them, and they immediately just leave their rooms and seem to be able to walk around the school freely. Where is he? He's not doing a great job. He's too busy working on his core. I also don't think you can leave students alone in a room. I don't think, even if it's just one student, I don't think you're allowed to do that. I mean, that. again, they're sort of compressing, because, like, obviously in The Breakfast Club, it's a lot more involved than, like, having to get around the vice principal in that movie. Like, yeah. he's, like, because he, like, is, like, across the hall. It was a little too easy. And then, like, right, you know, yeah. and they have to, like, dupe him. So, of course, you know, this is, like, condensed and we like and we, homage. I think in the broader sense, and this is a John Hughesism in general, we do like seeing kids sort of outsmart adults and 
uh yeah wily e. coyote style. best their authority figures because we liked doing that when we were young so mm-hmm. it's like i get all that wish fulfillment it's just i think i like it a little better in breakfast club because it's earned you know they have they have to put in the work they uh-huh. don't do it here uh-huh radish is just like i don't know what what is he doing we, we see what he's doing he's doing his exercises but after that what's he doing he's getting you know eating his keto meal or something i don't know Eat it in the library and fucking watch these kids and make sure they're actually in detention doing detention okay, things. Okay, I want to talk because about... Because obviously they keep doing fun things the second you leave the room. I want to talk about, um, so later on in the episode, um, or not later on, I don't know where we are in the episode the, at this point. This is so, time is flat. This is, uh, yeah, we're doing freestyle here. So <laughs> at some point, uh, Ellie instigates a game of truth or dare and like... Uh, which is a fun idea, but apparently sure. none of these kids know how to play Truth or Dare because how they play it is Ellie's like, let's play Truth or Dare. And then she like asks them one by one and they all say, truth, truth, <laughs> truth, truth. And then they're like, okay, Hazel. And she's like, truth. And they're like, okay, Hazel, it's your turn now. And it's like, what is... That was weird. Like, that's not how truth or dare works. Yeah, that <laughs> was all, really like, strange. This is not a unanimous vote. <laughs> and it, I think I didn't even realize that that's what was happening. No, I was confused. It, it I was, was very strange. I was like, that's not how you play Truth or Dare, Ellie. Um, Maybe it is in Canada. Uh, I know. Most Canadian women. Oh, uh, no. Okay. <laughs> Maybe later. <laughs> so then, so, okay. So in this Truth or Dare game, Ellie asks, okay, Truth, why is Hazel in detention? And Hazel's like, okay, never mind. Uh, dare. And so Jimmy dares Hazel to kiss Toby, which she does with aplomb. I would never do that. And there's also like a copyright free like instrumental that sounds like bad to the bone <laughs> that plays yeah, in this like moment. A it's like bum, rip, yeah. bum, 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 bum. it's the same uh time signature, I feel like. Poor Hazel. And then immediately <laughs> after this kiss, Toby's just being insufferable again. Cause he's like, Oh, I'm gonna tell everyone that you kissed me. And it's like, yeah, under duress, you fuck a weirdo. Oh, she she she, she did it with a plum. She was happy <laughs> to do it. What is a plum? What are you doing over here? A plum. With your Harvard A-P-L-O-M-B. words. A P L O M B. I don't know what that means. Is that a Pokemon? Uh, is that what iPom evolves into? <laughs> a plum. Yeah. No, it's Ambipom. You know this. <laughs> I know. I always forget the name of that one. <laughs> oh, it's well, it's ugly. So who cares? Um. So Sean then go like eventually like later on Sean goes back around to grilling Hazel for why she's in detention and he's like, oh, is it because you're you know your purse didn't match your shoes? Yeah, are you licking Paige's boots? Blah blah blah. That's blah, actually blah. a pretty good read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, they read her hard. Um, and so eventually she finally reveals that she got caught looking at porn which is really funny it's really funny and she's it, also like not that ashamed about it she's no. like she's like what i was curious i know and she kind of owns up to it i like this moment for Hazel. it was funny yeah. it's funny uh have you ever been caught looking at porn at school at school no i mean i assume it was, it was at school because otherwise why would you get oh no attention? i yes i hear you but yeah. no i've just never gotten no i don't think i've ever looked at porn at school i don't think so either that's not a horny I mean, situation I mean, for so, me i was I was scared I was going to get punched. Well, so first of all, <laughs> our uh, computers would not have access to that in our school. Like, that would just be like, mm. you couldn't even, so you couldn't even use the internet at our school outside of, like, very limited websites, right? Like, everything got banned, you know, because unless it was educational. Maybe if I was, like, in the back row of, like, a kind of half-empty lecture hall, I might, like, look at Tumblr and there's some porn that, like, I scrolled oh, past. I scrolled oh, and, oh, in quickly. college? Oh, yeah, sure. no, I, I... That's I, the only thing I can think I of. I happened upon porn, and, like, I would, like, or I'd be, like, DMing in, someone. In your study of porn, 101. <laughs> History of porn throughout the ages. I would take that class. <laughs> I, I'm actually very curious. I think that's a very important part I'd of like the humanities. I'd like to learn about the very first porns we know of 
Uh, they're on Greek faces. Have you seen uh, Pearl? <laughs> I have. Yeah. We, we, yeah. We see it together. I was asking the audience. The oh, oh, I was like, oh, hey, we saw hey, that together. Hey, listeners, have you seen Pearl? It's well, about that. Oh, well, that's not the first porn. <laughs> it's um, the first one. <laughs> Let's continue. The, the first porn. Um, so eventually, Mr. Simpson comes. Uh, he's back because he's chemo free now. And yeah. so Mr. Simpson walks in on the kids goofing off doing lunch tray hockey or whatever it is. And he's like, oh, um, you kids. He's like, oh, you little rascals. Uh, and he reveals that, yeah, he's chemo-free, and uh, he's ready to come back to school. He's chemo-free. He's cancer-free. Uh, well, is he, is he cancer-free yet? He's just off-chemo. Oh, he's just off-chemo. Yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, off-chemo, as yes. we should say. Um, I'm off the chemo. I'm off the chemo. I'm I, off the stuff for good. I, just, I, I, have, a, I have a patch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a stick of gum. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so later, Ellie and Sean are bonding over lunch, and he asks about her cutting. Mm-hmm. And she explains it as the, and I quote, only pain that she could control, which mm. song, which Sean seems to sort of intuitively understand, unlike yeah. a lot of other people who don't get it. And Ellie is, you know, this kind of intrigues her, right? Yeah. We're getting a little kindling to the something, fire. Something bubbling here. Yeah. You went fire, I went water. For me, it's a bubbly. Oh, it's a yeah. bubble. It's yeah. a kindle. It's a, there's all, there's fire involved in both. Ooh, maybe the fire is simmering the bubbles. Simmering. Yes. Perhaps. <laughs> Uh, so Ellie asks him about the rumors that he steals, mm-hmm. and he's like, yeah, they're, yeah. They're, you, everything you heard, it's true. <laughs> yeah, and I will say Sean is a good little actor. Um, I don't know. What's his name? Kirk Douglas? What's the... What's Kirk the Douglas. What's his name? Oh, God. I, you know, I honestly I can't don't remember. remember. But he is a good little actor. He's good in this scene. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say Sean is one of my favorite characters. I think he does some really despicable things. Mm-hmm. I think he's very cringe sometimes. At the same time, something about this little connection between these two, I think I he like it. A, oh, Daniel Clark is his name. Daniel Clark. I wanted to have him, his name, you know, say his name. <laughs> Daniel Clark <laughs> is is very good in this scene, and uh, he's great with Stacey Farber. And mm-hmm. I, I want to see where this goes. Let's see what happens we'll, with these we'll two. We'll see. Uh, but little does he know that Ellie has been covertly recording their conversation. Mm-hmm. And it cuts to her kind of listening to it in the next room. Yeah. And all of a sudden she has Sean on tape saying... I steal things like ooh yeah ooh what 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 could this what mean she, what, could she what is she up to? She's very suspicious. This little goth girl. Yeah. So Radich finds them all dicking around instead of somberly doing their homework, and so he splits them into separate classrooms, as we mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. But then Ellie's like, "Fuck that! <laughs> let's let's go hang out again," which is fun and kind of out of character for Ellie, but in a fun way. Like, well, it's like, oh, she's opening up. She's. She's, I don't know, I, I'm not sure what's inspiring her. Maybe it's Sean, maybe it's Maybe it's else. something else. Maybe there's more going on here. We'll find out. We'll find out. I love, so when Ellie walks into Hazel's room, and Ellie's like, let's, you know, blow this popsicle stand. And Hazel's like, you're really cool, Miss Nash. <laughs> Which is like... I don't I'm not sure about that line I don't think Hazel would say that that was pretty weird uh, it wasn't ironic <laughs> no, no it was like sincere and I was like that's that doesn't work um she's like gee mister aw <laughs> oh, willikers aw <laughs> oh, shucks um so then uh, so they go to like an elevator because they're just like exploring yeah I couldn't decide if this was weird or not what was with this freight elevator <laughs> I don't know I mean I guess you know there's is that a, normal <laughs> uh we 
we had elevators in our school. I think it was a sort of recent uh, addition, mm-hmm. but we did have elevators. I guess sometimes you got to get like I mean, uh, you have to have overhead projector up the up to the. Well, I mean, I guess floor. you have to have uh, elevators to make it ADA compliant, right? Oh yeah, I mean, how's how's Nadia get to the second floor? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, okay, they solved that by getting rid of her. So. Yes, yes, <laughs> that's why they got rid of her. Right they're when like, they got the elevator, like... too. What a waste! <laughs> oh no. Uh, so then, like, while they're at the elevator, they start scaring Toby with like Friday the Thirteenth sounds. Yeah, but they're not very good Friday the Thirteenth sounds. Well, I I guess those are copy <laughs> copy written. No, the I third. don't think you can copyright. See, this is a this is a misnomer. It's not chi 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 ha ha. Oh, you're the expert. It's ki 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 ma ma ma. Oh, all right. And do you know why? It's because at the end of the first one, um, when Mrs. Voorhees uh-huh. is uh sort of disassociated and becoming Jason, she goes, "Kill her, mommy! Kill her, mommy!" So it's supposed to be kill, 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 ma ma ma. Really? Yes, that is the real story. <laughs> Yes. Oh wow. Oh, that's. Scary. But people, it just got bastardized over the air into yeah, the tele- telephone. telephone game. Yeah, it, yeah. T- it turned into like she 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 wah wah wah. Well, no one does that. That's how I do it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're the problem. Yes. There you go. <laughs> Actually, quite a few um, of the later uh, uh, Friday the Thirteenth movies filmed in Canada in Toronto. <laughs> yeah, because it's cheap. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what else is Jason filmed X? there? Great movie. You know what else was filmed there? <laughs> what? Hairspray. Really? The remake, not that, the original. The Adam Shankman one? Yes, <laughs> I the love Adam that Shankman. one. I do, I do love that one. I, I would say, hot take, I like it better than the John Waters Oh, one. I don't know about that. Only because if I'm going to watch a John Waters musical, I'm going to watch Crybaby. I like that one better. I still haven't seen Crybaby. Crybaby's great. I You'll see what I mean. <laughs> I, I, I'll take your word for it. Um, did you ever do that to your friends, though, the, the Friday the 13th sounds? Like, I think I them? probably did. I yeah. think I def- I have vivid memories of doing this. And I think, I don't even think I did it because of Friday the 13th, even though Friday the 13th Part 5 is the first horror movie I ever saw and it scared the fuck out of me. Mm. I think I mostly did it because in Scream 2, when Sarah Michelle Gellar is on the phone with her uh, sorority sister, the sorority sister is making fun of her by going, but does she do or does she do? I think she she might do a chi 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 ha 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 or whatever. So uh-huh. maybe maybe that's the beginning of so the maybe we should play scream actually. <gasps> Damn you, Wes Craven! <laughs> Rest in peace. I love you. <laughs> R.I.P. King. Um, so then Jimmy finds the keys to the elevator just laying around in like an unlocked janitor's closet. Well, I, it seems to me was it a closet or was it just like a little cabinet? Oh, like a cat. I could maybe tell. maybe it was, it was the angle was weird. It is tell. not locked though. And it's just it's like, well, anyone can just like these kids again. Like, what are the safeguards against these kids doing whatever they want? It's Free reign. Weird. Yeah, it's very. And remember the time when Craig and I think this might be the same set they used when Craig like snuck Manny and Emma into oh, the dance last season. Is this the same? It could be hallway that they the same using? horror hallway. <laughs> it was pretty spooky. Yeah, but then they they are able to go up uh, the elevator and up the ladder, and they wind up where on the roof. You ever been on a roof? Have I ever been on a roof? Like, any roof? Yeah. Yeah. My last job, they had a rooftop uh, area that you could, uh, they had, like, a garden up there and stuff. It was very nice. At my old apartment, which you've visited several times, uh, during the pandemic, I was briefly able to tan on the roof, and uh, no one could see me, so I could tan, like, pretty pretty scandalously up there. It was great. But then they um, they put an alarm on there. <laughs> it was really, I don't know who fucking narked us out, but... Me and the cool girls who lived upstairs used to sometimes go tan on the roof, and everyone was cool with it. And then someone narked us out. 
hate narcs. I hate it. Hate him. Hey, uh, if you're a hey, narc and you're listening to this, <laughs> go fuck yourself. <laughs> Snitches get stitched. <laughs> so while they're on the roof, uh, Jimmy finds a necklace, which he gifts to Hazel, and then he kisses her. He should. Okay, great. Love it. He should have washed that necklace off first. <laughs> it was really gross. It, was, it pristine. How long was it up there? Well, that's like, how did it get up there? Who so my the question was this. There? I'm wondering, and I figured if this was the case, it would have shown up in the research. But when he was like, I wonder if any kids have been up here before. And then they found a necklace. I was like, like well, there's that your answer. Necklace... No. I'm like, has that necklace been up here since the 90s? Like at the end of the original Degrassi run. <laughs> Is there an episode where they're on the roof of the oh school? Oh my God. And, and, and someone drops there. a necklace. I swear that's what this, I thought this, they were this doing. This necklace <laughs> is a piece of the Degrassi lore. If, it, if that is true, if there's a Degrassi expert and we missed it in our research and that's true, please tell me because I'll feel very smart. Yeah, that's not our job <laughs> us, nope. as, as co-host of a Degrassi podcast. Won't look it up. <laughs> <laughs> Refuse. Uh, so this is definitely have been like planted all season long with like, because the, there's a lot of scenes this season of hazel and jimmy interacting and yes so there like is. this is finally and even at the beginning off. of this episode i think sean is like teasing jimmy yeah, saying like girlfriend. oh it's your girlfriend yeah yeah and he's like not my girlfriend mm. yeah uh, um i want to give a compliment because i'm so harsh on little jake goldsby when they give him something interesting to do he is a good actor all of his sort of scared to be on the roof stuff is good. Oh my god! Oh Him my... overcoming his fear. Oh my god. I was like, I... "Yes, Toby! Yes, oh my god. go! You oh can my do god. it!" I'm so happy you brought that up because I actually put that down. I was like, "Oh, his little like it's all visual. Yeah, it is all visual. He's like crawling on the roof because he's scared of his acrophobia. Yes, and so and then he like he's kind of like but then he like looks actually over the roof and he kind of like you see the exhilaration yeah. on his face. He's like, "Oh wait, actually this is cool." Yeah, and so then he takes like a little rock and he like drops it through the basketball hoop and he's it's like cute. and he's like oh I've overcome my fear this is cool actually and then he hides from Radich it's a perfect moment yeah, yeah. and I love that moment yes and Jake Goldsby let this definitively be the proof I when I say I hate Toby I mean I hate Toby <laughs> not you <laughs> I like you thank you for clarifying I love you, <laughs> <Do> you... <laughs> yes alright you don't have to go that far I love him <laughs> uh, so meanwhile there are also uh, sparks are flying between Ellie and Sean as well yeah and there's a really uh, Oh, this is a cute scene, and, and we talked a little bit about, about, like, sort of the problematic romanticization of cutting, and, you know, I don't want to say that this is a perfect moment for that reason, but there is a nice moment where she shows her scars, and it, it seems like Sean's touching the scars, but almost immediately he, he works he his way He ignores the scars. He ignores the scars and just grabs her hand. Yeah. And yeah. I liked it. And they just sit there holding hands. I was like, this is such a pure little wholesome moment for these two. I liked two. it. It was like Garden State, except for I cared about the characters. <laughs> I've never seen Garden State. I haven't seen it since it came out, but that seems like a pretty savage burn, doesn't it? It's... <laughs> <laughs> so as you, you mentioned earlier that uh, Principal Radich uh, finds them on the roof. Yes. So they like rush and back. And this is another thing where I really am questioning the, the time frame, because how did they all climb down the ladder get down the elevator, run back into the hallway, have a little bit of extra time to fumble with the keys to get Sean back into his individual room, which they barely do at the very last second as Radish is coming around the corner. Uh -huh. it, what's interesting, an interesting uh, deviation from The Breakfast Club is that this episode switches the pairing, so it's not 
the basket case ending up with the jock. Oh, I didn't even think of this. And it's not the princess ending up with the, the criminal? criminal. Right, yeah. You know, or she teasing that anyway. So, because instead, it's Hazel ending up with Jimmy, who, of course, the princess and the jock. Which is and much, then, much less subversive. Much less subversive, but also... Honestly, like, if anyone has criticisms about Breakfast Club, it seems to be, uh, no, these two are not going <laughs> to... This is a bad idea. This is a bad pairing. Right, this bad pairing. <laughs> I don't mind the athlete, uh, I don't mind the Ali Sheedy, uh, Emilio Estevez one as much, but, uh, the Molly Ringwald, Judd Nelson one is like, ooh, I don't no, know about that. Yeah. no, he's, like, made rape threats at you this movie and now Look, you're like john hughes he, he was good at some things and he was bad he at had some he had blind spots right <laughs> he had blind spots and that whole relationship is like oh i don't know about this but um so yeah so this episode degrassi's like no we're not doing that we're having this make sense in this universe and so of course sean and ellie end up together and hazel and jimmy end up together okay but um yeah. That is different. Notable. It's less interesting, but it makes sense for the characters, so I'm fine with it. I think it's interesting within the text of this, when it, within the framework of this episode and this story, but um, obviously, yeah, it's less subversive. Another thing we sort of jumped over is there's an interaction with Spike and, uh, excuse me, there's an interaction with Snake. And it's hard to get, we get him It's really time. hard, isn't it? <laughs> There's an interaction with Snake and Radich where he's like, oh, this is the first day I haven't felt like dying. Oh, right. You really, why are you wasting your time with this crackdown? <laughs> yeah, so like, yeah, Snake gives Principal Radich like the wake-up call speech that the janitor gives in For the Breakfast Club. Archie's the janitor. Archie's the janitor in this oh, situation. okay. And he's like, you know, and like, like the janitor in that movie, he's like, Stop being so hard on these kids. The kids haven't changed. It's you who've changed. <laughs> could I really have... Could I really be that out of touch? <laughs> no, no, it's, it's the, the children. children. <laughs> it's the children who are wrong. But Radich doesn't feel that way because even though he finds the keys that Jimmy dropped in the hallway when he was selflessly trying to get Sean back into his room, mm-hmm. even though it could have meant him getting Yeah, caught. so Radich finds them on the roof, and then they're like, we gotta run! Yeah, they, yeah. they run down there. I have questions about the timing, <laughs> but they manage to get down there, even though Radich just has to like run down one hallway. Yeah, they get all the way downstairs. Makes no sense. And they have extra time, and Jimmy is trying to get Sean into his room before mm-hmm. they get busted. Mm-hmm. Everyone gets into their room on time. Yeah. But the keys are in the hallway. Yeah, he drops them. Yeah, so Radich is kind of grilling everybody. I just want to know who took the keys. Okay, since no one told me, you're all getting detention yeah. for three more weeks. Mm-hmm. And then, <laughs> but then, Toby uh, takes the fall yes. for, for all of them, specifically Jimmy. Yes. Who because... was the one who dropped the keys. Yes. Um, and Radich, in a moment of clemency, is like, thank you for your honesty, Toby. You all may go home. Yeah. Which, <laughs> which, is, nice. Is, which is nice. And I like that it's Toby... Taking the fall for Jimmy, because that's, like, they've had beef, of course, because of, you know, that's why they're in detention, is because, you know, of their whole issues with one another. I will say, if you're in education, just make the punishments way too harsh, and then let them go early, and they'll think you're cool. I've done this several times. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We we know from an expert, this is a a good pedagogic tool. Yeah, it works. (laughs) You would still uh, trust in them. <laughs> and then, so they're all like, yay, we did it, guys. We're all happy. And Ellie's like, wait, I have an instant camera for posterity. Let's take a photo. But then she drops her bag and her tape recorder starts playing. Mm-hmm. And it starts playing, like, around the time that, like, her and Sean were having their intimate moment, you know, that they thought was, you know, in private. Yes. Um, 
And so she tries to explain that, like, no, it's just for a journalism piece for, you know, my internship. I mean, her co-op. Her, her co-op. co-op. Her co-op position. Um, and everyone is like, you lied to us. How could you? No. And she's like, I wasn't going to use your names. Yeah. Just your stories. <laughs> just, your, just your stories. Without your permission. Yes. Um, I have a question. Do you think Ellie actually had detention or do you think she was being like an undercover reporter? Well, that's the reveal in Breakfast Club is that Ali Sheedy didn't have Saturday detention she and just she wanted, just she, want, she had didn't have anything to do. to do. Right. So this is the the Ellie version of that is I did have something to do and it was spy on people. <laughs> so do you think then that like Mr. Rogers is just like, oh, okay, you're doing this for your, like, do you think he knew? <gasps> really good question. Was or, he in on it? Or do you think she intentionally got detention so she could do her undercover report? How do you think she would have gotten detention? Well, she said she skipped class. She reveals in the episode, I think we forgot oh. to mention, that she says she skipped class and everyone's unimpressed by this. She also could have just missed class. Hmm. Well, she, she declares that she skipped class because she didn't feel like going. Maybe she skipped class to get detention. That's what I'm saying. I think you're on to something. Up I think she might. I think this might have been a plan of hers. Oh, she's playing 3D because, chess over because, here. Because, well, <laughs> and the way that the episode is framed, because the episode opens with Ellie, like, mm-hmm. walking to the detention building. And like, and she's kind of like, she seems like she's like on a, I mean, again, you could just read it as like, oh, okay, we're just opening with Ellie going to detention. But like, Ellie's sort of the clear, like, focal character of these five. I would have like, liked a, more of a reveal if they're going to do that. Like, oh, yeah. Like, she has a no, conversation with Sean where she's like, yeah, it was really hard to actually get the detention. I had to skip so many times. But then it's like, well, why? I feel like that would raise the question with Sean. Like, why did you want to get detention? What were you trying to do? I know, but that's what I'm saying. Like, after the reveal, once she's revealed yeah. it's an article, I want more of an explanation of how right, she right, 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 right. Yes, and I think that is another thing, like, because what I do like about this episode is the subversions. And that could have been, like, one more subversion well, that, like, elevated the whole thing a little bit. I mean, I guess it's been inclined to sort of just take Ellie, you know, for her word. Because, I don't know, Degrassi's not necessarily, like, a subtle Because we text. believe women. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and also because, like, this show isn't, like, I feel like when this show wants to make a point, it makes it pretty obviously. And because this is ambiguous, I'm inclined to think, oh, well, we're looking for meaning that's not there. But my headcanon is that she intentionally got detention so she could do her little undercover investigative journalist piece. Let's wrap this up. They oh, go yeah. to oh, Caitlin and, Ryan's. Oh, well, Sean smashes her. They don't go to Caitlin Ryan's. Yeah. No. When was that? That's nice. That's next. What? That's next episode. <laughs> That's wild. So <laughs> upon finding out that, you know, Ellie duped them all, uh, Sean smashes her tape recording. Yes. And then the next day at school, Toby and Jimmy seem to be on good terms again. Mm-hmm. Jimmy and Hazel are a fish. And Ellie asks Sean to forgive her, and the two start a relationship. Yeah. Which uh, is cute. I don't mind it. Yeah. Uh, this episode. We like it. Yes. If, if this is one of your favorite episodes, I love that for you. I always see it on the top ten list. I think it's just notable. I don't think it's great. I think it's a notable, interesting, fun parody episode. Right. I really like it. It's just, again, it's not Degrassi being Degrassi. It's Degrassi doing something else, which yeah. I think is fun. I think this is a nice experiment, and I think they do it really well. I think it's a successful episode. Yeah. But no, it's not among my favorites. Yeah. But it's good. Does it go there? No. I don't think it does. I mean, obviously, we have sort of have intentionally kept what there even means. <laughs> but I, it's just a feeling, right? And I don't I, think it goes there. I don't think it goes there. But that does, again, going there is not a, an, an indictment of quality. Yes. There are lots of terrible episodes that go there. So I give it a B plus. I say it doesn't go there. 
I don't know. Let's move on to the next episode, don't you think? Let's, I think it's time. Okay. We're going to take a little break. We'll see you after the break. It's, it's five seconds long. talking about season three episode 17 don't dream it's over named after the song by crowded house there's a battle ahead many battles are lost but you never see i have, I have no context for this song you know this song though, right hey now hey now don't dream it's over you don't know this song hey now Hey now. No. Don't dream. <laughs> it's over. It actually worked really well. Um, <laughs> hey now. You don't know hey this now. song? I don't think I do. What? I'll listen to it later. That's crazy. I probably know it. It's just, it's not coming When the right. world comes in. Oh my God. Uh, between this song, I will say, between this song and um, Never Gonna Give You Up, these are very dark interpretations of the lyrics of these Why? songs. Why? What's that song about? Uh, this song? Yeah. Uh, well, they have a, a line where they say, they come, they come to build a war between wall, wall between us. But you know, war, war, either it's way. war between us. It's like, you know, they won't win. And it's like, oh, if we're thinking about this as like Rick singing this to <gasps> Terry, it's like, ooh. Okay. Yes, that's very dark. Which I also interpret, you know, never gonna give you up in a similar the the episode title. Yeah. You know, obviously that is like, oh, this is from Rick's perspective. Yeah. He's never gonna give Terry up. Oh no. It seems pretty arbitrary when we give content warnings because this show is always just dealing with with bleak dark things, but a little bit of a content warning for this one. This one's extra dark. This um, this was a yeah, parts content, of it were a rough watch. Yeah, content warning um abuse. Abuse, physical <laughs> abuse, yeah. Um uh scary really scary, scary incels oh, um i was scared so yeah in case you didn't uh pick up what we're putting down this is an episode about terry yes um so <laughs> the episode about terry some would say <laughs> <laughs> so uh this episode opens with Paige planning an exciting weekend day trip of taking her parents minivan to a park it seems really wild but when you Fun. get to the park later, you can see there's people making out in the car. So clearly this is some sort of teen hangout and makeout point kind of situation. I got, I was just, I don't know. I was like, this, you guys are really hyping this day up. They made it seem like they were like going camping. So when they just pulled up to a picnic table, I was pretty underwhelmed. And they didn't even bring like a picnic basket. <laughs> no, they because, didn't. Because as we've established, picnic baskets are gay. They're, they're too gay. They're just too gay. And this is a very heterosexual double date we, situation. We are all for heteronormativity yes. here on Degrassi. But that's the issue is Paige is going with Spinner. And Hazel and Jimmy. All couples. Yeah, all, all couples. couples. So Terry doesn't want to feel like the fifth wheel. Terry, yeah, exactly. She doesn't want to be the only single person there, not cuffed up. And Paige is like, okay, bring someone. <laughs> and I imagined at this moment that we were going to cut to Terry getting picked up for the, the camping trip. And she walks out of the front door with a mannequin and she's like, this is my boyfriend, George Glass. <laughs> Would you like to shake his hand? And it's like Lars and the Real. Yeah, Club. Lars and the Real. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't like that movie yet. I've never seen it. Oh, really? No. It's not good. Not gonna um, watch it. <laughs> uh, so we then cut to Miss Kwan, who's running some sort of like team build. What is this? Uh, I, I've done this, so much of this Is this a theater shit. thing? Yes, is this, this is, a theater thing? This is all theater is oh at the god the day, is these fucking hand waving and just for listeners at home you're not going to be able to see this but evan i just want to do some mirroring with you let's go ahead and let's let's put our hands up 
We're doing some mirroring exercises. We're really feeling each other's movements. And I want you to really think about how this relates to your acting. <laughs> Does this help? Don't bump the mic. <laughs> 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 I think it does not help, but it does kill. <laughs> I thought you were going to say does. There was, a, there was a pregnant pause there. I, 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 I have mixed feelings about it. I do think theater is about like letting go of your inhibitions and being willing to look a little silly. But some of these theater games are just ridiculous. And I think the very best parody I've seen of it is, have you seen Waiting for Guffman? No, I need to. It's on, it's it's, on the list. It's wonderful. And it's all about like small town theater thinking it's like really artsy. <laughs> and there's <laughs> a scene good. where the uh, the theater, uh, not the theater teacher, because they're adults. What do you say? The, the director. Is, yeah. The director is like, <laughs> leading this very complex acting exercise and it's literally just them all running around a bongo going like doesn't mean anything <laughs> uh, i i think similarly i think of um ladybird when they're doing their acting <gasps> exercises so real so real and they're like muck luck yes like and they just have to make like weird faces and then they're like just chanting in unison Oh, then they're, like, grabbing a, an invisible ball or something? Mm -hmm. I, I, I was like, this is the work of a cult. When I taught theater, <laughs> and when I've directed children's theater, I would, do, theater. I would do about 15 minutes of this, and I would do about 15 minutes of stretching, and then there's usually only, like, 45 minutes left, so you're, you're pretty much good. <laughs> you can just fill the rest and, that's the, and then that's the yeah. class, and yeah. then you're like, let's put on the breakfast club, guys. Yeah. <laughs> we did that in drama class. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, I should have brought you, that up Did earlier. you learn about drama? <laughs> uh, I sure did. <laughs> I learned about the, 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 you know, the drama. The John other Hughes. thing this made me think of, and we will get past the second scene eventually, <laughs> is Terry and Rick uh, do a trust fall together. Yes, yes. A little on the nose, but okay. Mm -hmm. um, they do a trust fall. And whenever I see a trust fall, I think of, there was a John Early sketch where he <laughs> was like on a first date <laughs> and the, the girl's like, um, what, how'd you get that scar? And he's like, uh, I was injured in a trust fall. <laughs> the funniest thing you could say on a first date. Shout out John Early. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they're doing a trust fall because the only people who don't have a partner are Terry and Rick. Rick! Remember Rick, that, Rick? Rick. But, uh... I, I watched that sketch before you got here. Oh, uh, yeah? Evan was running a little behind today. He was coming from the dentist, so I, I watched that sketch while I waited. <laughs> <laughs> so, but Terry isn't quite in the trusting mood. No. Uh, you know, after the whole... Rick assaulting her thing, yes. you know, minor, minor detail, yes. really. Ancient history by this point. How long, uh, real talk, I guess it was before Christmas break, so it has been, like, what, a couple months? A couple months, yeah. Okay. It was uh, That was, like, episode 10. We're yes. on 17 now. So. It, yes, and of course that's not actually ancient history. We're being facetious, but I, I am curious. <laughs> that that frames the time frame a little bit. No, three months heals all wounds. <laughs> well, in high school, maybe. <laughs> um, <laughs> high schoolers, they're very resilient. Well, they're, like, fucking goldfish. They uh, remember what happened. So, but Terry falls back. And he drops her. No, just kidding. <laughs> Is that how she hurt? <laughs> Spoiler alert. Uh, no, he catches her. And ooh, is this romance being rekindled um no no it is emphatically not yeah. <laughs> but you know they're gonna lead us on for a bit here so after class the two of them quickly fall back into their old rhythm and uh rick apologizes for hurting her and he tells her that he's missed her but terry still isn't quite ready to put it behind her no she's not she, she still is like figuring things out yes uh i just want to also say again ephraim ellis i just still am like ephraim i think it's ephraim I ephraim ellis right. yeah. So good. Excellent. 
one of the best actors the show has seen. I was I was so saving far. this comment for his big scene later. He, but yeah, yeah, yeah. This kid is just on another fucking level. I mean, I think he's even good in like the small where like he's like you know sort of doing his like know it all haughty like oh the that we we're we're not gonna do the kitty plays yeah why don't he's talking about the classics you know it's like, so believable and yeah. it's so it's so scary when the switch flips and i've seen mm-hmm. i've seen so many people like this it it just really works and i don't know is he the best actor on the show i would put him up there with jake epstein and cassie Steele. he and... is easily in the s tier yes Incredible. Yeah. Let's, let's get into why he's so great in this episode. <laughs> Obviously, the character of Rick, oof, but wow, Ephraim. Yeah. Great, great, great stuff. We love you. Uh, we love, we, we are your biggest fans. We are. I think we might <laughs> I be. I think we might be. At this point, I, I think he should have won an Oscar. Like, not for this. He should have been put oh, in a Oh, movie. later. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> he should have been put in a movie and been given his Oscar. Uh, <laughs> but why not? Give him an Oscar for Canadian <laughs> Yeah, an honorary Oscar. <laughs> why not? <laughs> Give him an honorary daytime Emmy. Where is his honorary daytime Emmy? Please, we need it. <laughs> uh, meanwhile, Marco and Ellie have plans to see a Bollywood double feature, which is something of a callback to their season two ad. Yes, and I'm realizing that this Bollywood obsession is an ongoing thing with Marco, especially because I snuck ahead to see what the season finale was. And I'm like, ooh, he's really obsessed with Bollywood right now. you know, gays, they they love Bollywood. They do. Well, I I would say it's appropriative, but I do think this is pretty similar to, like, my Japanophile phase. Oh, it's appreciation. Yeah, I think it's okay. I think it's fine. Yeah. Um, and Ashley's like, do you think Sean will enjoy that? Because she's assuming that he and Ellie would be hanging out now that they're a newly minted couple. Yes. But Ellie seems to be resistant to change her plans for her new boyfriend. And then we cut to Ellie at her co-op with Caitlin. With Caitlin. With and Caitlin. And this is the scene I wanted to talk about before, because Caitlin says, I always cringe when I see myself on screen. Guess what, Caitlin? We all do. Oh my god. <laughs> Boom! You've been sitting on that. Boom! Take that! I was gonna say, <laughs> honestly, relatable queen. Yeah, she's at, she's fine in this episode. <laughs> I, I only don't like her when she's the romantic lead of an episode. That's my only time I have a problem with Caitlyn. Uh, yeah, so there, uh, Ellie is at the co-op with Caitlyn, and they're watching a piece Caitlyn did on security cameras. Um, do you live in fear of the surveillance state? Can I tell you something? <laughs> I was going on a hike today. And this was like three blocks away from our apartment. Mm-hmm. I was walking in front of someone's house and it I just heard an announcement that said, Hello, you are being recorded right now. Wait, what? <laughs> was it was like for like a movie or something? No, I think it's just someone's like doorbell security system. Oh, the ring. <laughs> I think it was. Because the first time I walked by and I heard the voice, because I walked by the house on the way to the hike and on the way home. On the way there, I thought it was I, I thought the voice was like on TV or a phone. But when I came back, I heard it exactly the same way. And I was like, oh, what the fuck? There's the there's a little camera watching me. Oh, wow. That's pretty spooky. That is spooky. Yeah. You know, I feel like I should care more about, like, my, like, right to privacy or whatever more than I do. I guess I just, like, because, of, like, we're children of the internet, you mm-hmm. know? And I'm just like, I just know that everyone can see my shit and I have no privacy. And I'm just kind of like... Oh, so the government has, like, a dossier on me. Who cares? The The <laughs> fact that my nudes have not leaked yet is simply because I'm not famous enough. If I ever get any <laughs> more famous... That's the goal. If the... <laughs> I ever get any more famous than this, they will be everywhere. Oh, you've never been... You've never and had I'm your... fine with that. <laughs> have you ever had your photos used by, like, other people? On... Yes. Yeah, same. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, don't love it. Did they it. use your name, too? <laughs> 
No, I don't think so. And people just like, oh god, <laughs> weird. oh so they're like impersonating, yeah, like actually impersonating. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I like, I care, but I don't care enough to like take any precautions or anything. <laughs> so, yeah, I guess I don't value privacy very much. I'm not oh, on well. Grinder right now, y'all. If you see me on Grinder, it's not me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so then uh, Sean walks in, and Caitlin's like, "Oh, I'll leave you two alone." Uh, and Sean asks ellie out on a date to see elimination round three mm-hmm. uh which is a movie no it is i want to clarify it is a movie it's a movie an action franchise it is <laughs> as sean tells as, us this is yeah this is, we are quoting uh one sean cameron and i this guess moment. this is probably supposed to be like what a fast and the furious type movie this, yeah this was before fast a and bad the boys for life a bad boys exactly yeah i think it is that yeah yeah uh and ellie agrees but then she realizes that she's double booked herself with Marco and their Bollywood double feature. Mm-hmm. She really should have checked her Google calendar before doing that. But Yes, and uh, it's a little hard to be invested in this B-plot simply because of what we know is going on in the others. But I, I'll say this. If you're going to have a big dramatic A-plot and you need your B-plot to be a little insubstantial, I like that it's a follow-up to the previous episode. Right. And giving us at least a sense of continuity. Mm-hmm. And I believe that Ellie is slightly removed from the events of this because she's not as close with her. So focusing on her when everyone else is freaked out about Terry also makes sense. Right, exactly. And, like, to be clear, the... Well, we're not going to get into it, but, like, this B-plot does sort of reference back to the A-plot at a certain point. Um, It does? Just, like, a throwaway line. um, Oh, yeah. Yeah, but we're not there yet. Um, But, uh, so, okay. Uh, At the dot... Paige, Spinner, Jimmy, and Hazel are all having a good laugh about the chili. <laughs> the, there's a couple of... This is a pretty well-written episode. I don't think it's bad, but... I have a, I have a scene later on that I want to address. <laughs> My complaint is there's a couple of fun conversations that... No, that's what I want to address. You into. Is it the Hazel one? We'll get to it. We'll okay, get to we'll it. We'll, we're going to get... I have, I have notes. <laughs> okay, we're, we'll talk about it when we get there. But this, this chili line was an example... And it's yeah. also an example of them <laughs> driving this joke into the ground that Spinner has farts and poops. I hate it. Let's continue. <laughs> He's a gassy boy. He hasn't it. taken his Beano yet. I don't like it. Um, and then, so they're all laughing about Chili. <laughs> when in walks Terry with Rick. Say Remember that, Rick? There we go. Uh, and Paige, should we add that to our, our, our little sound cues? What? Rick. No, I can do it myself. Okay, that's right. You're pretty good at it. <laughs> I can um, do it with my mouth. We don't need to bother Brink with that. <laughs> uh, so anyway, so uh, in walks Rick, and Paige is like, oh, absolutely not. But Spinner, pretty astutely, I would say, is like, well, we have to take him, because if we don't take Rick, then Terry's going to stay behind, and then they're going to have no one to, you know, watch her. That's actually true. I think that was actually a really good point. Okay, I buy it. Yeah. So Good, good writing. So they... <laughs> Very reluctantly are like, okay, fine, we'll bring Rick too. Meanwhile, back in the B plot, Ellie and Marco meet up with Sean, Jay, and Alex to see Elimination Round 3, mm-hmm. uh, which has a poster that says, Time to take the battle to them. I wonder who them is. I, I assume it's like the non binary men. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the 
the gummy. Oh my god, that's really funny. Continue. I have no thoughts. <laughs> this, this is actually a movie that is about groomers. Oh my god, that was so funny. <laughs> You're welcome. Oh Every now and then I, I, I get you. Uh, Please continue. <laughs> uh, so they're all surprised and vaguely irritated to see Marco there, which reads smacks of homophobia, I would say. Yes, and I guess... It's really annoying because it's like, it's not like he invited Ellie to hang out alone. He invited Ellie to hang out with his friends. Well, a double date, right? Did he clarify that it's a double date? I think that was implied. Okay. And later on, it's sort of, Marco is like, well, it was obviously a double date. Um, I mean, yes, and we'll get to that. But. So, but yeah, so they're all perturbed by Marco's presence. Sean in particular, since again, it was like clearly a double date situation, which is like, that's fair. And, like, Ellie probably should have asked beforehand if Marco could come. Mm-hmm. Right? I think that's fair. They didn't have cell phones back then. That's true. <laughs> what was she going to do? Just message him on AIM? Mm-hmm. Well, like, oh, he's offline. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, we also get a glimpse of Jay and Alex's relationship. Yes. Which is... Alex has a line. Alex has a line again. It's her second line, maybe. Does she say two lines? No, I think it's one just line. One? I think it's okay, just one great. line. Her line is, uh, okay, so he says, like, buy me some popcorn, won't you? And she's like, give me $20 first. Give me 20 bucks and I will. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was more of a newsie. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like Mae West. It's like, give me 20 bucks and I will. Uh, and then, like, <laughs> oh, uh, I don't know. I think Alex's, Alex's portrayal at this point in the show, because this is very early, but it's very funny because it's like, oh, she's just like a pink lady that's like time traveled to 2023. <laughs> yeah, she's in a different genre for sure. <laughs> like, she just like stumbled out of Greece and I was like, here I am in the hallowed halls of Degrassi. Well, you know, I I talk about the writing of the Candy Bandits and the sort of rudimentary understanding of car culture, and I think this is an extension of that. Like, oh, she's Rizzo this week. Great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, also, this might be the first time we've seen Sean's hair this season. In the oh, scene. he's had a hat or a bandana. He's like had a beanie or a bandana on yeah. his this entire season. Well, it's a date. You can't wear a hat to a date. Is that true? I guess that's. I, don't know. I mean, I, that makes sense. Not if the date's at a church. That's true. <laughs> uh, so Paige and company get their exciting Saturday started at this park where they all sit on a bench and eat food. Looks wild. <laughs> Slow down, kids. Yep. Spinner's putting food in his mouth. Wow. I hope I hope we have a lot more jokes about how Spinner is a puts pig. food in his mouth and is gross and yeah. farts. He, he's, he's a gross really, boy. Really endears me to him. He's a nasty, nasty boy. Nasty boy. <laughs> Degrassi boy. <laughs> I uh, I just okay. So I enjoy a picnic. Do you like a picnic? Um. Yeah, we just had a picnic we for did, our friend Kyle's we birthday. Ju- we just had fun. a picnic, and it was lovely. It was lovely. Um. This is not a proper picnic, however. They did not. They brought. So they have brought fast food, and they're sitting on a like a park bench and i just That's don't it. yeah well it's a picnic table to be fair it you is a picnic table but they didn't like it. they didn't like i don't know i feel they like... didn't gather around it they didn't open up the back of the van right. i think a picnic implies like there has to be like a spread right there's True. like a, there, there should be a spread of food and this yes. is not a spread for example we had veggies fruits we had che- we had a cheese platter that showed up eventually mm-hmm. we had meringues we had, we, there was a lot. Yeah, there actually wound stuff. up being quite a bit. Multiple wines. Yeah, exactly. Where's the wine? Well, they probably shouldn't have wine. <laughs> I'm not sure what the drinking age is there. I think it's not 16 or whatever. Where are the mimosas? Um, <laughs> yeah, this picnic sucks. Uh, so, Why are these kids not getting drunk? It's Saturday. And so Rick is like, hey, Terry, come sit with me on the hood of Paige's minivan. And Paige is like, no, don't do that. Yeah. 
And then Rick, being a petulant child, is like, well, I'm not hurting it. Which is weird behavior to me. I think it's weird. Don't sit on the hood of someone else's car. No, especially because it's a van and you should all be opening up the back and sitting in there because that's fun. That's true. (laughs) Yeah, what, I don't know, weird behavior. A lot of weird stuff. But Terry's like, it's okay, Rick, come sit with me here on the bench. Yes. Uh, And then like, and then everyone who is sitting on the bench like gets up because they're like, ew, I don't want to be near Rick. It's good stuff. (laughs) Which is very high school behavior and also like, like very relatable Absolutely, like I've seen kids do that. Very in high, high school. school behavior in in the sense that I see this happen at gay bars every oh. time. Every time I go. <laughs> yeah, what like, are... oh that person sat down. I'm getting out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes I'm the Rick, and I sit down, and everyone leaves. <laughs> do we want to talk about that? Oh, <laughs> I've definitely been the Rick. We've all been the Rick at least once. <laughs> well, it, it it's okay. Sometimes you're the Rick. What matters is how you react. <laughs> Don't, don't react like Rick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so back in the B plot, we cut to them watching Elimination Round 3. And I did, I, I will say this, Marco laughing at a non-comedy beat in the movie really reminded me of Sergio. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, that seems like something he <laughs> that would is, that is And then get shushed do. for it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's, okay, so like, I guess Ellie and Marco are feeling to treat this film with like the reverence it deserves. Yeah. Because Sean X annoyed at them for laughing and they get like shushed for laughing and it's like, I don't know, this isn't like a serious, this doesn't seem like a serious drama, so I think it's fine this for people to Winter's laugh. This isn't Winter's Bone. <laughs> <laughs> you like Winter's Bone? It's alright. It's, it's, it's good. I think it's fine. I think it's an appropriate use of your Jennifer Lawrence, unlike most movies that star Jennifer Lawrence. Okay, good critique. Then I do like it. It's the best use of Jennifer Lawrence. <laughs> <laughs> it is an appropriate use of Jennifer Lawrence. Um... So then, and then, and then Sean gets annoyed when he and Marco like both reach for the popcorn, mm-hmm. and Sean's like, eh, "Well, fine, I guess we'll have any popcorn." You pour a little in your hand. There's a lot of solutions to this. I just like it's like just wait for him to reach his hand out. I don't know. It just again, I understand him being irritated because he wanted it to be a proper date, but it's also at a certain point, it's like get over yourself, right? I agree. Yeah, I, 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 I know it's a double date. To me, it's still it's there's no intimacy here. Like, I think it's fine. She brought a friend. And... I mean, also movies are not I don't, don't want to talk about the B-plot anymore. It's so inconsequential. Oh, uh, we're going to talk about it a little more. Okay. Uh, we'll talk about it one more time. I have nothing to say right now. <laughs> I mean, also, haven't we come to the consensus that, like, movies aren't good, like, first date I think it's a good things. second date. I guess that is maybe, like, technically their Once second date. Once you're a little more comfortable, yeah. Yeah, I guess that's their second date. Their first date, date is being on the roof. <laughs> that's right. Roof date. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, detention date. Uh, yeah. So back at the park, Paige finally gets Terry alone for a moment and tries to get her to come over for a girls' night. Uh, and Terry, which is smart, I think she's being a really good friend. Right. She's trying to sort of covertly be like keeping keeping an eye out on yeah, Terry, and, and not so subtly being like, "Hey, I want to check in with you." Yeah. You know. And Terry, but Terry sees this for what it is and is like, "I'm fine, Paige. It's okay." Uh. But Paige is like, then starts berating her for taking Rick back. Um, but little does she know that one, Rick, Rick has been listening the, <laughs> the whole time. And two, he's ready to read the house down booth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> and he calls her a backstabber. Yeah, and a, and a uh, what else? He's like, yeah, you think your little miss perfect? <laughs> oh yeah, he goes off, and it, it's very believable. It's exactly what the bullied kid, uh, good bullied kid or bad bullied kid would say about the popular girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this scene. Yeah, just like a lot of resentment, and then Paige calls him a psycho, and then in a fit of rage, he like ineffectually kicks her minivan's bumper, which is also believable. That's pretty funny, yeah. <laughs> and also, if you're gonna, like, that's fine. If you're if you're angry, that's a good spot. To I mean, yeah, that's not gonna hurt. It's the Go bumper. for the bumper of the tire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, just, <laughs> like if you want to have a little, you know, yeah, t- kick the tire a bunch of times. Yeah, if you want to have a toddler if temper tantrum. to the tire. Hey, you just saved everybody because that tire was about to blow out. <laughs> right, and then you can be like, "You're welcome." <laughs> uh, but Terry sides with Rick, saying she's she sick of Paige bossing her around. Yeah, which this is also something that's been touched upon in previous seasons and previous episodes. Yes, this, and it feels earned. It does feel earned. This feels like the natural culmination of yeah. Yeah. that arc, this like, sort of, like, tension in their friendship. I can't believe we used the word Terry and Ark in the same sentence. <laughs> uh, this is it. <laughs> this is it. This is the culmination of that arc. <laughs> uh, so, and Paige, in a moment of anger, is like, fine, then go. So Terry, So Terry follows Rick to this... Empty clearing along a trail with some conspicuously placed cinder blocks. There's, it's like a quarter of a cinder block, right? Chekhov's it's like, cinder block, yeah. if you will. It's like a field of cinder blocks. It's really weird. It's odd. It's like what what's going on here? It beg- it raises questions, right? Do you think there was once a hut there and it was <laughs> it has been worn do think, down by the sand? Do you of think time? this is modern Stone a- <laughs> Stonehenge? <laughs> Yeah, they used to use this to tell time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the druids back in the day. Uh, so Terry tries to calm Rick down because um, Rick is in the middle of one of his little you know temper tantrums and he's like yes. kicking at the air and like and again, grunting. Really good acting here. Mm-hmm. Really good. Yeah. So she's trying to calm him down, and the two share a kiss. And, and honestly, Rick- really good acting from Terry too. She's yeah. She's she's not always um, maybe on the level of her scene partners, but no, but just like with with Toby, it's like almost every time I'm complaining about a character on this show, it's just because of the things the character is being asked to do. Almost all of these kids are good when they're given good material. So. Well, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's always difficult to be like to you know pin it down to performance because there's so many other things going on like yeah. directors and writing and stuff. And the writing you can certainly point to the writing a lot yeah. of times on this show. If anything, I just want to celebrate Terry while she still has a few speaking <laughs> lines. <laughs> let's, yeah, let's honor her while we can. Um, so, and then Rick says, we were made for each other. Uh, yikes. <laughs> when he said, oh my god, he has a turn where um, Terry is kind of defending Paige for a little bit. Yeah. And he just takes a second and processes it, and he sneers, and he says, and that makes it okay? I like gasped. I was horrified. He was really taking well, and, it and to then a he says, place. "My feelings mean nothing to you." And this is when he grabs her and yeah. it gets really it gets violent. Oh. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, it's it's escalating very quickly. And when Terry tries to leave, he violently grabs her and then he pushes her and she falls over and she hits her head on a cinder block. Yes. Check off cinder block. Really bad aim. <laughs> and You're Rick. gonna land anywhere. Yeah, and Rick. You know what I just thought of? What? <laughs> the fact that the first scene is them doing a trust fall, and at the end, she <gasps> oh falls. Oh my god! And he doesn't. Catch oh my god! The bookends. The bookends. Oh. Uh, I changed my mind. This episode is um. This is where a, are the Emmys? This where, is a genius episode. <laughs> this is this is. 
forget Ozymandias is, Breaking Bad. We have a new best episode is, of all time. This is literature. <laughs> um, this is literary. Wow, I never uh, thought of that before. <laughs> so uh, Rick, who did clearly not mean for things to go this far, is clearly horrified at his actions. This yes. is also really good acting from him. Really good. All visual. And some of Terry's best acting at this point. <laughs> sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry. Terry is, of course, on the ground and she's silent and she's bleeding. She's doing nothing. Yes. Um, and Rick leans down she... and there's blood. Uh, she should have been uh, Marco's character in the play. She yes. Just lay in bed. <laughs> but Mama, that's too many lines for her. That's true. <laughs> she, can't uh... <laughs> she couldn't do the accent either. Come on. Mama. Mama. Uh, I thought this scene was actually really well done. And there's also. When this happens, the music cuts out. There is no incidental music yes. when she falls. You just and hear the thud. The thud. It's and, sickening. And there's like only, it's all diegetic. And it's just Rick being like, oh my God, what have I done? Mm-hmm. For a few seconds, holding on his face, horrified. It was just very, it was chilling. Yeah. And it feels real because even though this is clearly a detestable character, mm-hmm. like that character would have a moment of realization that like, oh fuck, like my world is different because of what just happened. Right. Because, and I think uh, not to spoil things too much, but like as the show goes on, like we see that like, this is not a monstrous person. This is a person. No, I think the show makes, this is not a, this, come on. No, I'm, we'll see. Are you are you arguing with the text here? This is like textually. We're not like, allowed to talk about episodes that we have. We're not. Yet, but so I don't. I have no comment. I think it's clear. There. I think it's pretty clear that this is this show does not believe that this person is a monster. And so in this moment, this is someone who's realizing, oh, I, th- what have I done? Right. I agree with that. Yeah. There. This is a moment of self reflection. Yes. So. Uh, you know what's not well done is what immediately comes after. Yes, because I thought that scene was really good, and then the next scene was uh, straight trash. Um, okay, <laughs> so I want to paint a picture. <laughs> um, so after this very chilling scene, we cut to Hazel, surrounded by a group of extras, and she says the line, That wasn't even... <laughs> Say it. <laughs> that was an even stupider movie. And this, much like the chili line, was so <laughs> distracting. And then she smiles, looking pleased with herself as the camera zooms out from her. Yes, and none of the featured, uh, none of the extras are allowed to say anything because, because they're they extras. Would be featured extras and they would have to be paid differently. Yeah, so they can't. So re- they all just smile at they her. They can't react to her. They can't even laugh. So there's just this like weird sound that they're like smiling, pleased with it- this comment of hers very david lynchy and it's like i don't it's very david lynch and also just like why didn't they just have it be jimmy and spinner actually yes like what what is this line of dialogue of all the okay of all the bad like mid-conversation lines that we have where it's like we're clearly just getting from point a to point b this is i think the worst one maybe in the show's history i agree with that (laughs) but i thought we were talking about the next scene which i thought was wait what well let's get into it because the net so we zoom out Paige and spinner are like wait terry hasn't come back yet so they go into the woods to try and find her and they very quickly find terry laying on the cinder block still unconscious and rick with blood literally on his hands Uh uh-huh and he runs off into the woods because he he knows how this is gonna look 
and Paige is left there to cuddle, uh, to cuddle, to hold, <laughs> to hold, yeah. does that work? Yeah, yeah, to cuddle Terry's lifeless body. No, she's not dead. To cuddle Terry. <laughs> <laughs> and, Terry <laughs> and that's how Terry that's how McGregor Terry died. died. <laughs> no, she's holding Terry and she sees the blood and Lauren Collins is a good actor, but for some reason this scene just, it slipped into melodrama for, for Wait, that's you didn't have issues with the Hazel scene. You had issues with this scene. I, both. <laughs> oh, okay. I thought we were. I was like, I, I just got whiplash from how well the initial Terry injury scene. Oh, I thought this was fine. I mean, it's melodrama. I think you're right. It's just like the melodrama gets worse when they go to the hospital later. But in between there, we have a, a we, scene. So okay, so. Uh, yeah, so the next day at school, the students are informed about Terry's condition via the morning announcements. And Raditz still has no beard, which I appreciate. Continuity. <laughs> uh-huh. Continuity. Uh-huh. Uh, but they don't disclose the circumstances because, you know, hush-hush, this is between minors and, you know, yeah, privacy. The, the morning announcements, they're not divulging the details. But, but Spinner, in Archie Spencer, Arch, Archie <laughs> Spinster, Arch, Archie uh, Simpson <laughs> class... In media immersion, yeah, Spinner's the, popping off, and he's yeah. saying exactly what. I he mean, saw. it's like it's like an open rumor, basically, what happened, and I mean, even Ashley knows. Um, and they're like, you know, why is Rick allowed to? Why isn't he in prison? What's going on? Blah blah blah. And Spinner is livid. So, back in the subplot, which we still have. Well, I, okay, so I, before we, I want to say one thing from oh, the yeah. scene. Yeah. Look, very serious a plot here. I'm just trying to find levity where I can. There's a part. Where they say, what can we do for Terry? And Paige <laughs> says, I made her a card. I was thinking we all could sign it. And then she reaches down and I think she's going to pull out a little harm- hallmark. <laughs> oh, and, it's- and she pulls out an enormous poster board that has apparently been under the desk the whole time. <laughs> and the way she reveals it is like a magic trick. Because it's just coming out of nowhere. I laughed really hard. That card was really impressive, I it, will it was say. It pretty, yeah. Yeah, I mean, man, what a nice gesture. Yeah. Uh, so back in the sub. But watch that reveal. It's pretty funny. <laughs> no, that it's was like funny. she's doing a magic trick. That was funny. Back in the subplot, Sean interrupts Ellie and Marco's lunch and very rudely and not subtly just starts like shoving Marco. Borderline violently. Yeah, just pushes like. Pushes Marco Just away. like pushing him incessantly. And Marco's like, okay, I can take a hint. Bye. Um, which again, I'm just like, Sean, just say what you want. Just say, hey, could we have a moment to talk alone? Because I feel like Marco would be fine with that. But instead of mm-hmm. doing this passive-aggressive bullshit, it's like, just, just this is say. Anoth- this is another thing that has been done to me at gay bars, which I really hate. <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. When someone sidles up and starts talking to the person you're talking to. Oh, yeah. And they just start, like, they, like edging, edging, edging. Ooh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Rude shit. <laughs> uh, but Ellie is uh, equally unamused by this, and so she ditches Sean. Well, he's like, I wanted us to be alone. And she's like, you got your wish, babe. And she walks away. She didn't say babe. That was just me. That, that was me putting a little flair on it. <laughs> a little spice. <laughs> you got your wish, babe. Uh, uh, cunty. Yeah. Very cunty delivery. Yeah, um, I basically was like, you go, girl. Get yeah. out. Slay. I loved it. <laughs> um, and then uh, Paige and Spinner go to see Terry in the hospital. And this scene is where it really dipped into melodrama for me. Ooh, yeah. Uh, so is they drop off the, the same card. actor for Terry's dad? I think so. For, because we've only seen Terry's dad in one other episode. Season one. Yeah. Way back in season one, like episode four. Yeah. And I'm not going to say he's bad, but I think maybe when they cast him, he didn't have any scenes that were quite this demanding. <laughs> and maybe if they were casting just for this scene, they would have cast someone who... I don't know. 
had a little more. Well, going I think on. it's also an issue with the writing in the scene. Um, the writing's bad. So, because, because, yeah. So Terry's dad informs them that she's in critical condition and will have to have surgery, and he's in shock that Rick could do this. You know, I, you know, who could have seen this coming? Uh, but you know who could have seen it coming? Paige and Spinner. Um, and because they, and how this is done is that Paige and Spinner, he has like. How, you know, I can't believe Rick did this. And so Paige and Spinner sort of exchange, like, side-eye glances. And from that, he and, infers. And from that, he's like, wait, you knew he was abusive? And I feel like... No details, is, you know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like this is a thing in screenwriting where it's like, you just need to get from point A to point B, and so you make your characters way more intuitive than, like, any real human <laughs> being would be. And so, like... like he's like a ghost whisperer. Right, <laughs> he's a mind reader, yes. right? Yeah, he's, he's clairvoyant. And so it's like... I think a lot of characters on this show are psychic, and we're just not noticing. <laughs> Terry, it runs in the family. <gasps> <gasps> yes. <laughs> now, do you think when she hit her head, do you think when she comes out of her coma, do you think she's going to have oh, no. increased ESP? Because of the head injury, and she will go off to is, solve crimes. Is that a thing? What what is this reference? That seems to? like that seems like the beginning of a like police this is, procedural. This, this is her. Uh, Someone gets a head injury, and now they're psychic. This is her superhero origin story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah. So like her dad, the the dad gets like all this information from just this like you know look and it's just like no one in real life would do that right you know i don't know strange credulity i would say yeah not good writing um so terry's dad flies off the handle for their irresponsibility and for not telling him about the situation yeah and i just didn't i I didn't like the acting i didn't like the writing yeah i don't think he should have responded that way but i guess like i don't know his reaction was just very soap opera especially with the hospital setting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and also i want to comment about terry's head bandages like Terry Shivo. Oh my god. <laughs> no comment. Say her name. No comment. Say her name. <laughs> I believe in the right to die. That's oh, all I have that's to what say. should have been my opening. I should have said You should have done a Terry I should have done joke. a Terry Shivo joke. God damn it. I believe in the right to die. Um what I have to say though is did you think that her head bandages were a little exaggerated? Like maybe that's medically accurate, but they were so big, it kind of looked like when you get out of the shower and you, like, do a towel around your hair and you flip it up. <laughs> it looked like she was just taking a nap after a shower. It was kind of crazy. She's, she's, this is actually a spa that she's Yeah, in. she's in a spa. <laughs> it's one of those spa hospital combinations. It's one of those spas where they put you in a paper gown. <laughs> and give you a breathing tube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so later, Paige tries to get intimate with Spinner. But he rejects her advances, sensing that she's upset about Terry. This was a surprisingly um, interesting scene. There was some nuance here. I like this. I thought this was actually really fascinating. Yeah. Like, this was deeper than they usually go with, like, the psychology of our teens. Right. So she's trying to sort of, like, sublimate her grief into, like, sexual arousal, basically. And which is fascinating and, and like uh, something i've done quite a few times right <laughs> uh and so page and but then like and when spinner rejects page she takes it out she lashes out at him and so she blames spinner for not letting them leave rick behind earlier mm-hmm. you know and says that, like basically this is his fault and spinner uh is more than happy to join in the blame game at this point and so he retorts that page is the one who told terry to go be with rick in a moment of rage right uh i thought this scene was great yes and they're both, I think they're very good scene partners, Some actually. Some of their best acting, both of them. Yeah. yeah. They were both great in this. Meanwhile, <laughs> we still have a B-plot. Oh my god. Meanwhile, <laughs> Ellie wonders if she should dump Sean, and Marco's like, come on, give him a chance. 
Uh, and he points out, he points out that, like, that it was a double date, clearly, earlier. And that Ellie is probably, has clearly been using Marco as, like, a shield to sort of yeah. keep her distance from Sean. Which I buy. That's something Ellie would do. Yeah, she's, uh, you know, she's someone who has trouble letting people in. So I was like, this makes sense. I don't have much to say about it, though. No, I, I mean, we're, let's just skip to the last scene for this, because they get together, you know? Yeah, okay, this is, we can go ahead and This is the episode where Ellie and Sean get together, and I do well, like it, this like, pairing more than I thought I would. I like, I like, so Ellie and Sean, they have a moment to clear the air about how they both haven't gotten off to the best start, yeah. and how they both haven't really handled things well, but, and Ellie sort of discloses with him that she's never had a real relationship, and so the two agree to start over. And I don't know, again, this subplot's pretty lean, but I do think it's relatable, actually. Yeah. Because, I, you know, relationships take work. And when you've never been in a relationship, it really is, like, an adjustment and, like, figuring out, like, oh, how do I, like, adjust my expectations? And, like, how do I, you know, you know, accommodate someone, right? Yeah, and I think, I guess the alternative for a B-plot, that's, this is kind of pushing a broader plot line forward. That's the purpose of this B-plot. Mm-hmm. The other kind of B-plot we get is, like, zany antics, and I think that this zany is antics much, for this episode would have been really distracting. That the, the dissonance would have been a lot. Yes. Whereas I think this is actually tonally very It works, consistent. yeah. And, and I like, I, I do kind of buy that Ellie is, like, one of the only people in the school who's, like, she didn't know Terry. She's not really caught up in this as much. Yeah, and they, and they do have, like, a, lot, a throwaway line where she's like, oh, gee, like, I feel like I should go to the memorial, but I don't know. I don't really, I didn't know, know Terry, or not memorial, she's not dead, <laughs> but, you know, whatever service they have. Um, so back at the school, we see yeah, so Spinner's walking up. Spinner's right? walking, and he sees Rick. Remember that, Rick? There you go. Uh, in a car outside the school. And so Spinner flies into a rage, and he's ready to wail on Rick until Paige and then Rick's mother intervene. And Rick's mother is like, leave us alone. Um, Can we talk about Rick's mom? Her accent? What is this accent? Leave her, leave him alone. <laughs> I thought it was Both like maybe, of you. I thought it was like maybe Polish, but then I was like, wait, is she just French Canadian? Like, I don't understand. <laughs> Yeah, Some kind know. of Scandinavian, maybe? I don't I'm know. I'm not sure. It's an interesting little insight into Rick's world. Yeah, I think it's cure. I think it adds coloring, shading. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I think I think ha- him being, like, maybe a first-generation uh, immigrant would explain some of his social issues. Hmm. Which I, is interesting. That, that is interesting, I yeah. think. Yeah. Trouble integrating. Yeah. Um... It's funny that I thought this was a funny detail. It's like they take a box of Rick's thing from the school. Like oh, he got fired it? from his job. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like clear out your desk. It, it is absolutely the exact same prop box you would use to like clear out your desk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, that was <laughs> I just funny. thought that was funny. <laughs> well, well, earlier there was a scene that got cut where Radich asked for Rick's badge in his gun. <laughs> You're relieved of duty, Rick. And he like takes it off dramatically. Yeah. Like, you know, he's not happy about it. Uh, so Spinner then breaks down realizing that he's just as violent as rick but Paige is like no that's not true you stopped yourself and she assures him that he's not the same as rick also love this scene it was good yeah this is fine a continuation just like I, again i think these two have great chemistry i love spage i really do <laughs> it's a great ship um so we're gonna wrap things up Paige and spinner go back to the hospital to see terry and they learn from her dad that she got through the surgery okay and Paige apologizes, but Terry's dad admits that he overreacted and tells them that they're good friends. Hmm. 
And then, and, and and then, then Terry all... McGregor died. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Terry, Terry McGregor died on the way back to her home planet. <laughs> um, uh, oh, wow. Pretty great. As she... It was good. I think both of these episodes are really good, like, with a little bit of an asterisk for different reasons. Well, I think they're good in the ways that Degrassi is really good, and they're bad in ways that are sort of, like, amusing. Yes. Right? Well, I'd actually, actually, I don't think they'll actually think on a purely like quality level i think the first episode is maybe better as far as like just sure. consistent writing and yeah. just you, you know like the the hazel moment really is just like what what is this i don't know how that got past some of these lines i don't know how <laughs> they got past like draft two but you know maybe there wasn't a draft two and maybe that's the issue maybe so canadian broadcasting company can't afford <laughs> a second draft <laughs> uh does this episode go there absolutely yeah it does this is some real shit and they um they don't shy away from the consequences of it and i i thought it was good uh, yeah it was very subtle you know we we like rick's performance and i think you're a little you see rick as a little bit more of a gray area character like morally mm-hmm. i see him a little bit more sinisterly but they do do a good job of planting those seeds of this person isn't just a monster it was, so i'll agree with you on that right yeah um so as also i think this it's interesting like this this episode is like interesting from like a constructive standpoint because it's like it starts as sort of a terry episode and then it becomes a page spinner episode which i just think is interesting and i think it handles that sort of switch pretty deftly yeah well uh let's i think i think it's time to we should share with the class right should we get up and we'll share with the class what did you what, what did you learn today oh god what did i learn today oh what did you learn today share with the class oh i know i learned oh i learned about the 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 Kiki Mama Mama. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did. I learned that. You'll be able to accurately scare your friends now. It will be canon. Are you scared? I am so scared. He's literally pissing himself. Mm -hmm. It's dripping. And then I think there's something weird where, like, they changed it in the sequel because it's Jace. I'll I'll look it up. Um, (laughs) I learned today that um, sometimes... We shouldn't be mad at children actors for being bad on TV shows. Sometimes we should be mad at the writers for giving those questionable actors bad lines. I think that's what I learned. <laughs> You'll forget this lesson oh, by next uh, week. Yeah, I'm going to still be mad. <laughs> uh, thank you so much for tuning in. This was a wild one. And a special shout out. We have a new member of the Degrassi team. Uh, shout out to Sailor slash uh, Piranha as they are known in drag. Um, they are filling the co-op position. <laughs> so it's very exciting for us to be Caitlin Ryan. I'm pointing at Evan and Caitlin Ryan's hot boss. I'm pointing at myself uh-huh. and Ellie is that role is being filled by sailor sailor. <laughs> welcome aboard. And you can finally expect some actual posts on the Degrassi Instagram, uh, write in some questions to the all about Degrassi Instagram and we'll, we'll get back to you more punctually. We'll get around to them. When we feel like it. When we feel like it. It'll be easier now. We have a co-op position. We're adults. Okay. All right. That's it. Yeah, that's it. It's a long one. Bye.